Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. Uh, got a lot to get into for this uh, this week's episode. Uh, we had a great last two games of the NBA Finals. Uh, game 5 specifically, where uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, they won the last two games in a row. So now they're up 3-2 and going back to Phoenix tomorrow. I believe it. Do they go back to Phoenix? I think so. Um, and actually, no, they go back to Milwaukee. So now they're they're playing at home, and the Phoenix Suns have to win that game to play Game 7 in Phoenix. Uh, but right now it looks like Milwaukee, uh, Giannis, and the Bucks they're going to win the finals. Um, I know I've been... I've been wrong about them all year long, mostly because it seemed like they were still trying to figure out how to play with Drew Holiday, uh, Chris Middleton, and there was an issue with Giannis. You know, they had to, um, you know, figure out how they were going to close games with them. You know, they're still trying to sort that out. Um, you know, a lot of people have been saying, hey, Middleton, he needs to be your closer, you know, even though he's inconsistent at times. I think... Middleton needs to be the, the closer, but the ball needs to be in Drew Holiday's hands. And then when you can, get the ball to Giannis down low. Um, but, you know, if he gets in foul trouble, that's when you run into issues. And Budenholzer, you know, I was I would have fired him a long time ago. But I guess credit to him, you know, with uh, these adjustments he's made. I guess now he's making adjustments and... Um, you know, they're before they were kind of force feeding it to Giannis at the end of the game because he's the best player, but you don't always have to have the best player making the game winning shot at the end or taking the shot at the end, uh, you know, in, in big moments, you know, they, the Bucks have Chris Middleton doing that. Um, but you know, and even with LeBron, like when LeBron gets the ball, he usually makes the right basketball play. He'll pass it to whoever's open, you know, and, and he gets criticized for it. But sometimes the best player, they're not the ones who's going who's gonna to be the guy hitting the clutch shot. And that's okay. I don't know where we get this from, where we need, we need the best guy to make the best shot or, or, or attempt the shot at the end. The Bucks, that's what's they're, they're kind of a weird team. They're an interesting team because there's like different dynamics there. Um, with Giannis specifically, you know, if you're at the, you know, you're down a couple points, you maybe need a three to win. You're not going to give Giannis the ball. You know, there's a lot of situations where you might not give it to Giannis because if he gets it, you could foul him at the end and then send him the free throw line so he misses it. But one thing about Giannis, you know, I, I mentioned this last week in the ep my episode, was that, you know, he's still confident. He still wants the ball in his hands. He wants to make those big plays at the end. He doesn't care if he's going to get fouled because he's still going to go out there and try to shoot the shots. So he wants the ball in his hands. Unlike other guys in the league who you know get, are scared of the moment, he wants the moment. He's asking for the moment, um, and you know Saturday's game, Devin Booker had a great game, had over forty points. You know Chris Paul struggled, you know, but he didn't have a terrible game. But he struggled towards the end. You know everyone in in the building knew that uh, Devin Booker was going to take that shot, and Drew Holiday ran up, ripped the ball out of his hands. I don't. How do you how do you let that ball get ripped out of your hands? How do you how do you not pass the ball out at that time? There was no one open, no one else was. Everyone else was just standing around, kind of waiting for Booker to make a play there. Uh, Holiday comes out, rips the ball out. Giannis asks for the lob, throws the lob from the three point line. Giannis slams it down. That was a game winning basket essentially. 
And that play was such an important, pivotal play for the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis. This play is going to get replayed over and over again as long as Giannis is in the league. It's going to be like LeBron's block on Iguodala in the NBA Finals. Um, you know, which which is funny because Giannis had a block like that too. Was it, was that game one, game two? He sprinted all the way across. This was after his injury. And then he blocked someone just like that. Then he had that other block. Uh, was this game three or game four? Where they were throwing the alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton. And he went backwards and blocked it. And they ended up winning that game. And everyone was like, wow, this block is better than the last block. But this alley-oop was better than that one. What was better than both of those two blocks. It was just such an amazing play. The timing where um, in the game where they were at. And, you know, they could have run the clock out. But the balls on Drew Holiday for to, to throw it up at that, at that time. You know, because Giannis was just screaming for the ball. So... Holiday said he threw it up as hard as he could, and, and Giannis just grabbed it and, and slammed it home. And uh, Chris Paul was just trying to foul him, trying to get him to miss it because he wanted to send him to the free throw line. But that play was just so important for Giannis's legacy. I want to talk about Milwaukee. I bet Budenholzer was happy because he's like, that play just that just saved my job. I'm, I'm sticking around. You know, they're not going to fire uh, Budenholzer. And, um, you know, and I had... I had talked about uh, Milwaukee and Giannis this whole time about, you know, he hasn't scratched the surface yet of what he can be. He was, he's been a great player. You know, there's the closing moments I, I had issues with in, in his shot selection. You know, his basketball IQ wasn't always high because he barely started playing basketball. You know, he said the other day, he's like, in 2007 NBA Finals when LeBron first went there, um, you know, he wasn't even playing basketball yet, Giannis. He played late. You know, he started late, and um, so he's still developing. He's still trying to learn the game, learn where his spots are, learn, you know, what to do in certain situations. And because what is he, 25 years old? And now I think this whole playoff run, he's learning a lot. He's learning where he needs to be, how to how to um, stop this supposed uh, Giannis wall, which hasn't been working at all. Um, you know, I picked... I picked against them every series. I picked Miami to beat them. I picked the Hawks to beat them. Who did they play in the second round? Um, oh, the Nets. I picked the Nets to beat them. And if you think about it, you know, there's like one one toe of Kevin Durant. He makes that shot and counts as a three. The Bucks are out of the postseason. And if they lose again early in the playoffs, we're, everyone's going to have questions about Giannis. Like, did he make the right decision to sign the Supermax? With Milwaukee, did Milwaukee's front office make the right decision to trade for Drew Holiday? Um, they gave up, what, two, three first-round picks for Drew Holiday? I'll tell you what about the Drew Holiday trade. That that trade, if they win the championship, it's worth it this year. That steal that he got on Devin Booker in the alley-oop to Giannis, it's worth those two, three first-round draft picks. It's worth that trade, and it, and it, it just works because he got it done. They need one more game, and it seems like they're going to close it off, close Phoenix off. But Phoenix blew it. Phoenix had the chance at the end. You know, I'm screaming at the TV. I'm like, just foul Giannis. As soon as he gets the ball in, like, the last minute or two in the game, just foul him. And then he's going to go to the free throw line. He'll probably miss two or maybe go 50%. All you have to do is get the rebound, call a set play, make something work for Chris Paul or, or Devin Booker, 
and then you win the game like that. Just foul them at the end. I, I just did not understand why they didn't foul them or why didn't they call a timeout at the end and then draw up a proper play. Um, but but back to the Bucks. You know, I had um, I picked against them the entire postseason because they they seem like they they just still didn't figure know how to how to how to close games. Like they could win the the first three quarters and first half of the fourth quarter, but when it comes down to the last five minutes or so, they just crumble, and they crumble because of Budenholzer. He wasn't making the right play calls. Um, because of Giannis, Giannis seemed like he was putting a lot of pressure on himself and, and, you know, bringing the ball up, shooting threes and doing all that stuff. But now they've seemed to kind of figure it out. You know, you get like Giannis, he's going to infect the games in a variety of ways. He's going to rebound. He's, he's everywhere defensively, um, offensively. He's just going to destroy you in the post down low. Um, and you know, yeah, he does, he does bring the ball up. He does, you know, take charge of the offense and does certain things, but you need, you need Holiday to um, to dominate defensively. You need him to shut someone down in key moments, just like he did in this last game. And then you need consistency from from Chris Middleton. But he's the guy that's got to hit those those uh, those clutch shots at the end. Because if Giannis gets the ball, they could just foul him, which Phoenix didn't do uh, for some reason. But um, yeah, there there's levels to this, obviously. And the Bucks have seemed to they've found. They found that right spot where they need to be and where they need to play. Um, you know, I, I think Phoenix is blowing this series because they had it up right there in front of them. And, you know, more credit to Giannis. You know, I, I had a the my last episode talking a lot about um, Giannis's next steps that he's taken. And every game, it's like he's just taking another step. He's just another step, another step, just getting better and better. This is after it could have he could have been out for the entire uh, the entire finals series, you know, with that ex- hyperextended knee. Everyone thought it was something worse, you know. Everyone was kind of down on the small market teams. I was I was over the series after the third game because the games were just boring, you know. They were just kind of blowouts, and uh, but these last two games have really changed my mind. You know, this is one of the better finals we've seen recently, um, and I like that it's different teams and. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing some stardom on display. Devin Booker's playing really well uh, for Phoenix. Um, and then Giannis, you're just seeing him take really take that next step where he can be, you know, in a couple of years, he can be the best player in the world if he's, you know, if he gets that, that mid-range jump shot and he, he learns how to beat defenses when they're trying to do the Giannis wall. And it seems like this is going to help him take elevate his game for sure because he's still learning as i said and he's still progressing um but you know we'll see how how it goes for them next season you know you're gonna have brooklyn healthy um you know i don't want to say philly but i i guess i have to say philly because they were up there record wise number one but um with this win this is just gonna elevate them more people are gonna want to are gonna want to play with Giannis. And everyone wanted him to. I wanted him to go to Dallas. People wanted to go to Golden State. Tell him to go to uh, the Lakers. They were telling him to opt out. And I think he was seriously considering it. But Giannis is just built different. He came from nothing. He was selling trinkets or something in the in the streets and had to share uh, shoes with his brothers. And they were all, they had holes in it. And he played basketball late. And um, it's just an amazing story. Hard not to root for a guy like that. 
Um, you know, I've, I always liked Giannis. He just seems like a humble dude. But my only issue was like with his, his decision making for, for certain shots that he attempts. But he's, he's definitely taking that next step and he's a very likable dude. So, you know, it's always good to see guys like that win. Um, but, you know, he's, I think this is going to be like one of the last um, superstars like this where you get a guy who came from nothing, like overlooked, you know, wasn't crowned right away, like before he came to the league or wasn't a high draft pick. You know, they got him late and uh, he was really skinny. People were like, oh, you should have taken Shane Larkin out of uh, Miami instead of Giannis. You know, people were down on the Bucks pick, like a lot of people. You could look up um, freezing cold takes or whatever uh, they do on Twitter. Um, and you know, they knew that he was a project, you know, you had to develop him. He was really thin and lanky was just so raw, you know, wasn't playing the, hadn't played the game for that long. Um, and you know, they put time into him and he put time into, into the, his craft, into his body. He got just super jacked. You know, he's, he, he put all that effort into how he looks now. And now he's trying to work on his shot and all this other stuff. So, um, to get a player like that where, you know, he comes from nothing, overlooked. Even when he's drafted, people still don't – they write him off, you know. But then he starts showing glimpses of and flashes of what he can be. And then he wins a two-time MVP. He's a two-time MVP now. And then, you know, people are like, wow, okay, he's a great player. But what, what next? Then he takes that next step, and now he's probably going to be finals MVP and now it's like okay wow we have this with a superstar who under normal circumstances if he was maybe a, a u.s born player number one pick and he was in milwaukee and he didn't like where he was at maybe he would have already left he would have demanded a trade you know you think about all the other big name athletes that we have now um in the nba or other leagues they've already left their first team most of the time you know and Giannis is like, no, no, I like it here. I like the community. I want to stay here. I want to win. I think I can do it here. And he signed an extension. They they traded for, for Holiday. He was all in with them, you know. And I feel like other players, and even this is going to happen in the future too. A lot of, you know, guys in high school right now, they're going to get drafted number one or drafted highly. And um, they're going to be big names. They're going to have, like, heavy Instagram Twitter followers and stuff, all their highlights are going to be on YouTube. And they're just like, you know what? I can dictate where I want to go because LeBron does it. Harden does it. All these, Anthony Davis did it. All these big guys, big name guys do it. And all the, all those same guys from high school and college, they're going to do the same thing. And I feel like Giannis could be like the last kind of athlete to be like, you know what? They drafted me. They believed in me when I was nothing. And now, I'm going to pay it back to him, bring him a championship, and I'm going to stay here. And um, I just I love that kind of loyalty. You know, you had Kobe staying with the Lakers his entire career. Um, who else? I mean, Paul Pierce didn't end with the Celtics. Um, Dirk. Dirk stayed with the, with the uh, Mavericks his entire career, 19, 20 years. Uh, Tim Duncan. You know, that list of players to do that is very short. Jordan didn't even stay with the Bulls. He ended with the Wizards. Um, you know, there's a lot of players who end up, you know, they'll, they'll play like one season with the last, with some random team, you know. So, yeah, I think Giannis is going to be the last type of player like that. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, maybe Steph. Steph can possibly stay with Golden State. 
you know, he's with 33 right now. If they sign him to like another five year contract or six years, whatever, he could play 38, 39. Um, maybe Damian Lillard, which I'll touch on here in a bit, uh, if they fix that situation. But there's not a lot of options there. You know, Luca, he's like, what, in his third year or something? And he's already, there's already rumors about him trying to go somewhere else. So. So Giannis is different. He's a different type of a superstar, and we should um, we should appreciate it more and and, and value what we're seeing right now because it's it's just simply amazing. Um, as far as the Suns' perspective, uh, a lot of people are saying Chris Paul is injured. There's something with his wrist. You know, he had he's had bad turnovers in the past few games. Um, his uh, scoring has been down. He had 21 last last game, but. Um, it, it seems to be like they're not really initiating offense through Chris Paul, trying to brush off this uh, this injury that people are are people know that there's there's something off about him. But I I think like look if you're gonna pretend like you don't have an injury, then you don't get to have the excuse of being injured. And I don't want people to give Chris Paul a pass if they lose this like oh you know he he got here after 16 years you know we're all rooting for him but you know what you gotta you gotta get it done no matter if you're injured or not you had a 2-0 lead you gotta get it done and i'm i'm tired of seeing devin booker and chris paul when they're playing the, the whistle gets stopped or something happens there's a timeout it shows them it shows them just rushing over the to the uh, to the referees and just complaining. That's all they do is run to the referees and complain automatically, like right away. Um, but yeah, you, even if Chris Paul is injured, um, you know that's part of it. You know, being available, being fully healthy for your team in the playoffs, in the finals, we've seen it and we've we've seen it before many times with Chris Paul. You know, everyone brings up the his run with the Rockets in the conference finals when he gets injured and misses those games and and they lose. To the Warriors, um, he was injured with the Clippers when they played the Blazers. I think he broke his hand. He just he breaks down a lot in the postseason, so I, I really don't want to hear it. Any excuses for him for this uh, this postseason? Because everyone was injured. There's so many injuries this postseason. Um, you know, he had big names going down, and he went down early in the postseason too. But then was able to get back. Um, so we need him to have bigger games. He needs to not turn the ball over, and he needs to he needs to play better, because um, it's on him. If they lose this this series, I think it's on him. I think it's on some of the role players. I think it's on the coaching. You know, I think it's on Monty Williams not getting DeAndre Ayton um, consistent looks down low. Like I don't know what happened. Like I th- or like he's just not getting um, as many attempts down low and they're kind of just relying on Booker to bail him out but if you look at their past games when Booker has a huge game scores over 40 they lose you know they they were the commentators the way that they were talking about Devin Booker like oh he has 42 now it's like okay yeah but they're down by eight so what so what does it matter you know so it's really like if you have everyone involved all the role players hitting their shots and stuff then that's when that's when Phoenix is the most dominant and that's when they win because if you double up Booker, he could just kick it out to someone else. It doesn't have to be Chris Paul. It could be Jay Crowder or, or Johnson or, or Cameron Payne or someone like that, and they'll hit they'll hit a shot, you know. So um, I think they should have fouled too. They, they needed to foul Giannis at the end when, when they had the ball and or when he had the ball to send him the free throw line. 
You know, even and then Chris Paul had a little dig there, like, oh, even Giannis knows he's gonna miss the free throws. It's like, yeah, but they still won the game and he still dunked that on you. So if you if you know he's gonna miss the free throws, why don't you foul him when he gets the ball? So tomorrow will be uh, the next game in Milwaukee. It looks like the Suns are done. They haven't been able to adjust after the first two games, and uh, Giannis has been completely unstoppable, uh, which is just crazy with these Bucks. Uh, they they were so inconsistent. One game they look great, next game they look terrible. But they now they've looked great two games in a row. So I think um, they figured it out, and Mike Budenholzer is happy. Um, I don't think you can fire him after uh, they win a championship. It's like, okay, well, this guy was our coach, so you know he got it done. So um, I was completely wrong about uh, Milwaukee all season long, and I'll admit that. But uh, next year when Brooklyn is healthy, maybe it'll be different, maybe not. Maybe there's a start of a dynasty here. Who knows? You know, the, the NBA is uh, so unpredictable. Uh, speaking of unpredictable, Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, he just had – surgery on a partially torn ACL. Um so he he was not going to come back for the for the finals at all if they did inv- advance. Which it's an interesting timing wise uh that uh Kawhi got all this done and, and the news is out, you know. I'm surprised that they didn't keep it behind closed doors, but apparently he's going to opt out. This was a rumor. That he's going to opt out of his uh player option for this season and he's just going to sit out this whole next season and try to get his body right. Um, yeah. Cause I think he'd be scheduled to come back like January or February if everything worked out well. Uh, but maybe he doesn't want to be rushed back or have that pressure or something. So, um, he might be a free agent all of next season and not sign with the team until next off season, uh, which would be really interesting actually. Um, because he can, I mean, if he's away from the Clippers, from the team for that long, like who knows where he can end up. You know, the Warriors were, were rumored there. There was a rumor that he'd go back to Toronto, which I don't believe that one either. Uh, I saw Dallas was thrown out. I think, like, they, they've accommodated him so much with the Clippers. Like, he lives in San Diego. They start practice when he wants to practice. Like, they do everything around Kauai. So I would expect him to stay there. I haven't seen any other reports of him wanting to go anywhere else but if there's an opening there uh, and this will transition me to my next point is if i'm portland and i'm neil O'Shea, i would do whatever i can to sign Kawhi leonard whatever i can they can have a couple first round picks they can have cj mccollum they can have who else would they want uh who, who take your pick whoever you want if I could accept Damian Lillard, if I could pair Damian Lillard and Kawhi Leonard together, um, that's I would whatever I can do to do that. Even if Kawhi comes off of the uh, his his partially torn ACL, I will make that move. So, um, and the reason I say that is because uh, there was rumors about Damian Lillard. They're saying, you know, the media was kind of saying that he was asking for a trade. He was going to ask for a trade in the coming days. And um, there was a bunch of rumors about it. So Damian Lillard spoke at USA uh, Basketball Press Conference and said, he's like, hey, you know, these rumors aren't true. You know, I'm not asking for a trade, but, you know, I actually haven't decided what I'm going to do. So he, he, 
he like denied the rumors, but not really denied them because he's still he doesn't he hasn't made a decision what he's gonna do yet if he's gonna stay in Portland or if he's gonna ask for a trade. So he's he's telling uh, the Blazers brass is like, hey, you guys need to make a move here because I don't I don't believe in the roster that we have right now can win a championship. And he said that, so he's telling Neil O'Shea like, yo, make a move or I will ask for a trade. You need to make a splash. They need to make a splash. And what? What bigger splash can you make than getting Kawhi Leonard? Like, make a move there. Get Kawhi Leonard. When he's healthy, he's a top three player in the NBA. Make a move for Kawhi Leonard. Do what you have to do. And, and you know, you'll get commitment from, from Damian Lillard if you make that move. I would not trade for Ben Simmons. I do not want someone who's scared to have the ball in their hands. He's not even really that good defensively. I know he was considered a, a defensive player of the year this year, but... I mean, in the playoffs, we saw when he was trying to stop, you know, a high score. He was trying to stop Trey Young. He couldn't stop Trey Young. So, I mean, come on. If if you're such a good defender, I need you to stop Trey Young in the playoffs. I need you to hold him to 15, 20 points. But he wasn't doing that. So I I wouldn't trade CJ for uh, for Ben Simmons because what this team needs, Portland, they need a, another reliable number two offensively. And CJ has, you know, he only has a couple moves that he can do. Can't really. Um, and generate offense for himself. You know, he's kind of a streaky shooter. You know, he has his moments, you know, where you can rely on him, but late in the season, you couldn't really rely on him. And I feel like if you have Kawhi Leonard, that's someone you could rely on offensively and defensively, two-way player. Um, you know, when Minnesota had Jimmy Butler and, you know, his stock was low, I thought Portland should have tried to get him because that's what they need they need a two-way player you know they have so many one-dimensional players that they just they don't have a competent team in the playoffs um so yeah Damian Lillard they're on they're on Dame time now Portland's on Dame time where they need to figure something out quick because Damian Lillard will ask for a trade uh this offseason if no if no uh but then he did say he expects to be in in a Blazers uniform this season but if the Blazers don't do anything this offseason or this season, really, and they go to the playoffs and they lose in the first or second round again. Damian Lillard is out of Portland. I think he asked for a trade, and they they probably blow it up after that. But luckily for Portland, they do have some options. They just need to, they need to make some moves. They need to get rid of CJ, probably... Probably Nurk. I don't know. They they just need to make some moves because you know you have your best player saying like, "Hey, we're not we're not the best right now," and uh, this is the best chance that the Blazers have had in a while to win a championship. Uh, you know they have a he's what the first second best point guard in the NBA. I would say Steph's better, and then you know Dame's right there number two. If you want to say Kyrie, but he's never. He's not really into into playing basketball, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, Portland has some unanswered questions here. Uh, there was some issues with their Billups hire, too. You know, Neil O'Shea said, hey, we conducted an investigation on this um, 1997 rape allegation against uh, Chauncey Billups. But then the, the lawyer of the victim in that case said that no one spoke to their client. No one asked, asked about uh asked to talk to the attorney about the case like no one reached out to him about it so they all they lied about what kind of internal investigation that they conducted 
So there's a lot of pressure on, on the Portland Trail Blazers uh, this season, I believe. Uh, so checking in on uh, Team USA, uh, Kevin Love has stepped away because he's still in, um, trying to heal from his injured uh, ankle that plagued him all of last season. Bradley Beal has uh, he has been replaced, or he will be replaced because he's not vaccinated and he got COVID nineteen. Um, and then I think Jeremy Grant was isolating. And then um, Zach Levine just got it today, too. So he's in health and safety protocols. They haven't even gone to Tokyo yet, but I think they're leaving without Zach, trying to replace uh, Bradley Beal. Uh, they replaced him with Keldon Johnson, I believe, from um, from San Antonio. And then JaVel McGee's on, the, on Team USA now. Um, but, you know, as far as the Olympics as a whole, you know, there was a I, – I don't know if they announced her name, but it was a, a U.S. A gymnast uh, alternate. Um, there was an Olympic official who tested positive for COVID. So there, so Tokyo is, like, on, on lockdown right now if you're not in the Olympic Village. Like, every, like there's no fans allowed, no spectators. Um, you know, they have to, like, be in a bubble basically. But, you know, there's a lot of cases of COVID there, and – you know, Olympians are, are testing positive for it. Um, Who do you have? You had a tennis, a Coco Golf. She's out of the Olympics because she tested positive for COVID-19. Um, Samuelson, the th- a three-on-three basketball, women's basketball player, uh, Katie Lou. She's out, too, because she tested positive, and she got the vaccine. Um, So, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. You think about it. I think they should have just either canceled it. I don't know if they could have moved it in time to another location or another site. Maybe the, whoever had the, um, the 2024 Olympics, maybe they could have moved it over there. I don't know. Cause you have to have a certain amount of buildings and stuff like that. I don't know if they would have everything built in time or maybe they should have just canceled it two years in a row. But then it's like, well, these Olympians, like this is all they do. They train like year round for this. Like this is what they're training for. And you already postponed 2020. Like, I don't know if you can do that again, Maybe they could like do it in other parts of um, in the United States or other places where there's low, uh, you know, COVID cases. I don't know. It's just a, it's just a mess in general. You know, uh, there's we're like three four days away from opening ceremonies, and um, there's a bunch of people testing positive. So it, it it's crazy right now, and I think most of the people might get it even if they're uh, they're vaccinated. You're seeing a lot of cases going up here. And it seems like we might be entering like a fourth wave or there might be some, some closures here. Um, yeah, uh, not looking good for uh, for the Olympics. And um, I know there's, there's some people protesting. There's all kinds of stuff going on. It's just a mess. But there's so much money on the line. You, you can't really, I don't know, you can't really postpone all that stuff and, and, and go up and, and change it again. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep our eye on that. Richard Sherman made some headlines recently. Uh, he there was a domestic disturbance and he got arrested, um, was booked and had a DUI and stuff. Then they released like a, a ring video, with security camera. Uh, apparently, the story was that he finished two bottles of Hennessy and drunkenly. This was in Redmond, Washington, I believe. Um, and then he drove to he was driving to his father-in-law's house. And then it crashed his car into a median and then, like, just abandoned the car. 
And in this video, he's knocking on the door, like crazy banging on the door, trying to break in. He wants to fight his wife's dad or something. And um, he ended up getting pepper sprayed. And then they sent out uh, a canine unit on him and, uh, yeah, arrested him. And, you know, this is very out of character for Richard Sherman. So I, I still want to know the context of, like, what happened for him to do that, to, you know, get uh, get really drunk and then go over to his father-in-law's house and try to fight him. Because, uh, you know, he never gets in trouble. He's he's um, he's a high-character guy, um, you know, gives back to the community. He's just a good dude. I like Richard Sherman. Um, so I, I needed to know a little bit more. Uh, but his wife right away was was defending him about it. You know, was like, hey, you know, this is something we're handling as a family. No one was hurt. Everyone is safe. I just want everyone to know that, you know, I'm okay. My kids are okay. And no other family members were hurt. Um, you know, because when the headlines first come out, it seems like, oh, domestic violence or whatever. Like, oh, he beat his wife. But that wasn't the case. You know, more facts came out later. Um, and then apparently... Uh, he he got released and everything was like a misdemeanor, uh, but you could hear the 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 phone call. Uh, his wife was calling the police and you know she was yelling for him to stop and stuff. And um, uh, then he posted a an apology on Instagram, said he's been you know going through some uh, some mental issues and stuff recently. He's trying to work through it. I'm paraphrasing, but. Seems like he's going through some bouts of depression, and uh, he didn't he didn't handle it right, and he's trying to work through that, and appreciates the support from his family and stuff. So, seems like he just has a, you know some personal issues that he's trying to fight through. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I need more content. Like he didn't he didn't pull out a gun or shoot anybody or anything. You know, he did some stuff that were bad. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, that was just very out of character for him. Um, so may, maybe we'll hear more more facts about that to come out because um, you know usually he's he obeys the law and usually he's a, he's a good dude about that but then he also started he was like he fought like three cops too or something that came out as well so i don't know i will wait to hear more facts to give out the my judgment but i hate that the ring camera footage gets released because then it gets shared around and everyone's just why how embarrassing is that that's just like man yeah, there's like no privacy or, or anything like that. But I get well, I guess when you're driving out and and yelling outside, your privacy goes out the window. Um, so I saw a couple movies this weekend. Uh, Space Jam: New Legacy. This, it, I guess it's a reboot of the original Space Jam with Michael Jordan. This one's with LeBron. You know, it's a kids movie, so I I just think it's funny and kind of ridiculous that everyone's posting on Bleach Report or on social media that. The movie sucks, and uh, LeBron can't act. Dude, Jordan couldn't act either. You know, these guys are athletes, and and obviously, you know, you're old now. So when you saw the first one, when did it come out? 96? Like, I was a kid, and I love the movie. And um, so the original was obviously my favorite because I was a kid when I watched it. So the new one, like, come on. The, the, the new one's not made for me. But, you know, I still enjoyed it for what it was. You know, some of the jokes were a little corny and stuff. But it's for kids. It's for kids to get them in a basketball. You know, you got Looney Tunes and stuff there. But, um, yeah, it had some funny stuff to it. it you know, it was kind of making fun of his, um, making fun of LeBron's hairline and, and stuff like that. There was some, some subtle jabs there that I thought were pretty funny. Um, but, 
you know, they, they did some different stuff, you know, had a, you know, a little important family message there at the end, but, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> his acting was, was a little, it was bad at times the way he was like standing next to his kids awkwardly or his, uh, on-screen family looked a little bit awkward. Um, but you know, they got Don Cheadle there. They had Michael B. Jordan with a little cameo. So if you, if you watch it with your kids, like, and they enjoy it, isn't that all that matters? Like, why, why everyone, everyone just has to hate on it? Cause it's LeBron. And they, they just, they have to, they have to find something to just be mad at him or upset with him about it. But there was no, there was no Bill Murray character or anything like that that I was expecting. I thought they were gonna bring bring Michael Jordan back, not Michael B. Jordan. And I also saw uh, F Nine. Uh, the the ninth installment of the Fast and the Furious movies. These movies are so bad, but they're so entertaining. Like I I'm just so deep into this uh, this I guess series of movies or this movie franchise now. You know, because I saw the first one wasn't it come out like in two thousand one. Like it's been a long like twenty years since that first one came out and then i had already seen all the other ones so i'm like well i guess maybe we should see this one you know they're just um each one gets more and more and more ridiculous and i think like that that's just the point of it they're just gonna make these ridiculous movies forever like i don't even know when these are gonna end like no one dies in this new one like no one died at all so it's like okay well what was the point of this one and uh john cena plays vin diesel's brother like his younger brother, like oh yeah, they're like the same height, and then they stand next to each other. They're they're not the same height. Like John Cena is taller than him, and um, for some reason they they're still trying to make Vin Diesel like just seem like he's crazy strong. There's one scene where everyone's like trying to run away from like these uh this like little military or whatever, and uh, of course Dom turns around and is like oh. I'll handle this. Like, don't worry, Letty. I'm always with you in your heart or something. And then they close the door and she's looking through the window and like fucking, I shit you not, like 20 fucking military guys come up and they're like fighting Vin Diesel and he's on the floor. He's getting his ass beat. I'm like, okay, so Vin Diesel's done, right? No, he gets up. He starts fighting all of them. He grabs two chains, like two big fucking chains that are attached to like this like beam for like a, the the like level up or whatever pulls both of them down knocks the whole fucking bridge down and then he falls all and all these like 20 people fall into water and he just brings down this whole this whole concrete beam with like by pulling down these two chains and like fighting fighting off 20 guys like he's so strong just ridiculous scene after ridiculous scene. Um, and then I also heard there's going to be a crossover with Jurassic Park, which I, I, I hope, I hope that like the, one of the new Jurassic Park movies, Chris Pratt's like, you know what? I'm going to need to assemble a team because we need to stop this, uh, this T-Rex from destroying New York city. He's like, you know, I know who I'm going to call. And then the next scene is just like, has Dom answering, answering the call. Like, okay well, we need to do this for family. And then they just, for some reason, him and Ludacris, and he, they get the whole gang back together, and they stop they stop this dinosaur from, from destroying New York City. That was a real article that I read that they're, 
they're actually talking about doing a crossover between the Fast and the Furious franchise and Jurassic Park, which is about dinosaurs. So there's going to be dinosaurs and, and cars and guns and fighting. And I would probably watch that one as well. Um, so, yeah, they're going to continue with these movies. And they bring back all these old characters, too. Like, they brought back Bow Wow for this one and, and Lucas Black. And um, they even got Cardi B in this one. It's like, okay, this is ridiculous. And uh, there was an end cut scene. Yeah, I've seen this. There's the spoilers for this. Um, I didn't. I didn't wait to the credits in the theater. I was just. I we went home and then I saw that there was an end. Uh, an end of credit scene. So I just looked it up on YouTube. Um, Jason Statham comes back. He's like kickboxing or whatever, and then someone knocks on his door, and then guess who opens it? It's Han. So I guess it's supposed to take place after whatever movie where Jason Statham kills Han, who is alive apparently, and apparently they faked his death, but yeah, so ridiculous. They're just like pulling out, like, I don't know. I need, I need like Denzel Washington or something to, or someone to be in like the newest one or like, who can they get that's just like, just fucking ridiculous. Like they already got The Rock, who's just ridiculous. And then Jason Statham, they already got, he's ridiculous. Um, John Cena's, equally as ridiculous they have to get like i like robert de niro but he's advanced in age now so he can kind of do just like random movies he did like bad grandpa and stuff like that so what if they just busted out like robert de niro and yeah and like johnny knoxville or something for the for the new movie or who's like an over-the-top actor that we could do like another over-the-top one um, you know what, what LeBron wants to start acting? Why don't they just bring in LeBron for like the new one? And this one, they did end up going to space. There's a scene where Tyrese Gibson and Ludacris, they go into space in a car and they destroy a satellite. They drive the car through a satellite and they're just orbiting space. And they're like, oh, and like we're like us as the viewers in the theater, we're supposed to say, oh, you know what, that's that's reasonable. I can believe that Tyrese Gibson and, and Ludacris, they, you know, they just thought of this idea and they're like, you know what, yeah, we could go to space tomorrow. Well, meanwhile, all these people, again, Bronson and and Bezos are are taking all their their time and, and spending all this money and resources to to go sixty miles in space. Like they should just called up. Tyrese and and Luda over there, they would have got a space quicker. Probably would have would have been there longer than they were there. Um, you know, so I, I thought that was ridiculous. Like, okay, dude, now you guys are in space. Like, we're gonna have like an interstellar Jurassic Park, fucking Fast and Furious crossover here in F twelve. And uh, Charlize Theron didn't die. Like, I don't know how they got her because she's a great actress. But and she's done two. It seems like she's gonna be the third one. Um, so I don't know, they're, they're getting some money to pay some people some big bucks to, to do these movies, but people are still watching, they still want to watch these, like, I, I went to the theater and I paid to go see this, because I knew how bad it was going to be, and how entertaining I would be, though, um, so yeah, I, I can't get enough of it, because it's just, like, so ridiculous to just go, like, above and beyond for these all the time, like, the next one, like, Voldemort is going to come back out of nowhere, and, like, kidnap, 
Dom's son, and then uh, Dom's gonna have to go to Hogwarts and and learn how to you know defend himself against uh, you know wizardry and stuff, and and he's gonna have to get Hermione. He's gonna have to get the whole crew together, and Harry's gonna have to help him out. And then Gandalf is gonna you know come out of nowhere, and there's just gonna be a whole. A whole collection of, of people. They, I mean, they're gonna be in space. They gotta call someone from the Star Wars side of things. It's just, it's gonna get crazy, and and I'm here for all of it. So I recommend that movie if you want to watch a movie that's just a nonstop thrill ride from like the beginning. There's like five minutes of peace, and then it just like gets fucking crazy instantly. And you don't want to think too much about the movie. Want to have a couple of drinks or whatever you do. And just, like, watch something for pure stupid entertainment. Like, yeah, watch F9. Uh, so that's going to be it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining me. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk maybe later this week when the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks win the NBA Finals.